Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. I was trying to think of what to say at the, the top of the, the show for this episode, and then I saw this morning the big news going around is that Skate the Infinity got season two announced. Oh boy, everybody's and favorite. Seeing as I have Bones the three original. members of three members of the Glorio crew that actually watched that, are y'all <laughs> excited for season uh, season two? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> what if Bones. they had adapted Lucifer from the West Cameron instead of Bones might, Studio Naz? Bones Ira, might we be, could probably say that about any competent I know, I know, I know. I'll, studio I'll, I'll stop, when they I'll announce stop. a new project. <laughs> uh, again, Bones might be one of the most mystifying studios like in, in the anime industry because it is clearly staffed by a lot of very talented people who love to devote all of their time and effort to some of the seemingly worst imaginable projects. Well, I mean, despite how you all feel about it, that was actually a pretty popular It was pretty sure, yes. I, I, I'm being them. mostly facetious I, I here. Enjoyed, I enjoyed parts of it. We all, I feel like we all enjoyed certain aspects of the show. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I would definitely agree. I'm less, more... I'm, I'm less mad about Skate Gain Season 2 than I am about Yoji Inokido and Taki Usaki still being shackled to Bungo Stray Dogs. Sure, yes, yes, but... I, I, don't think those, those, I don't think those two are quite related, but... But they're both I, on that show! <laughs> so. I remember... Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if I, I said this on the podcast or not, but... They're both bones, the, the, is why I brought that up, G. Okay. The, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of people um, trying to sell Birdie Wing as Skate the Infinity with golf, and I was just like, "How dare, how dare you? you? Like, how dare why you say that?" But I don't think they're really that comparable, <laughs> right? I mean, for first thing, all like Birdie Wing is skate but good. First of all, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that aside, we still have our summer anime to talk about. Boy, we're do we! We have deep a whole... in the <laughs> the handful of shows we're still watching. Yeah, a whole handful mm. of shows here. As we are That's deep into uh, the, the, the we're right in the about the middle of the summer season now, so we're elbow um, deep in it. We have plenty of that those to talk about, and then of course our backlog, which we introduced last time, which we'll talk more about. So. Before we get started, let's just introduce everybody. I'm Jell, joined by Iro. I'm not dead yet, and I have my lovely omnibus copy of the first two volumes of Yokohama Kaidachi Kiko. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, is it? I guess I, I would say, how is it? But you have already read the series. So. I mean, many years ago, but uh, yes. it's, it's one of my favorites. I'm glad it's finally getting an English release. That's cool. Shout outs to, to YKK. Support support those English releases for our yeah. cult favorites. <laughs> uh-huh. As I just recently bought all of Doro Hidoro and uh, <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. And uh, I, I still have some Hinamatsuri volumes to buy. I think they're still coming out in English, so. You uh, hear that dude's uh, putting out a new manga soon? Uh, he yeah, he he put out he I, I read one of the one shots recently that he did and it was 
sure was something from that guy. Uh, <laughs> sure, okay. So Hinamatsuri like, isn't a one-off. Like that's that dude's kind of a uh, that vibe. Yeah, that's that's definitely his style. It, the the the, the one shot was like, what if um, Reagan from Mob Psycho was a high school girl? Oh, okay. I was about to say, what if Reagan? I guess I was like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not the, not 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 uh, President Ronald Reagan. Not but. that Reagan, the other Reagan, the good yes. Reagan, the the quote unquote good <laughs> Reagan, the, the from... swindler and con man Reagan. Yeah, so it's it's almost exactly that concept, but uh, okay, sure. It was pretty it was pretty amusing uh, for one shot. I don't think that's what the new project's going to be. I don't think anything's oh, okay. been announced on that yet. But yes, anyway, uh, we're joined by G. Uh, this is where I talk about. Uh, my summer anime of the season, Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal <laughs> Season 2. Oh, boy. I have no idea what that is. Uh, it is a cartoon, it's a new cartoon series by Gendy Tartakovsky, the um, the creator of Samurai Jack and uh, right. Dexter's Laboratory, and the mm-hmm. the good short uh, the good Clone Wars shorts from a few years back, the 2D animated Yeah, ones. a few. <laughs> I say a few as if it was not like literally 20 years ago, uh, which <laughs> is how you know that I am now an old man. Um, uh, but yes, uh, it's look. I'm not gonna get into it. It's it's look. It's the guy who made Samurai Jack making a cartoon about a caveman and a dinosaur, and the premise is basically what kind of fucked up prehistoric hyperborean like surreal fantasy maybe real maybe fantastical creature can we have this caveman and dinosaur beat up this week okay you know that could be a tribe of steroid junkie ape men or just a lot of wolves or a zombie zombie dinosaur dinosaur. you know what like Giant the theme the theme of this season is i like i've shut off my critical thinking at this point <laughs> it's, it's embrace the trash dive head first i too would pick up a rock and smash a zombie dinosaur's head in yes yeah, with that rock so i'm not going to overthink that one All i would right. say uh, primal a show that has zero spoken dialogue has on average probably Better dialogue than at least half the shows that we're about to talk about in this podcast. Well, that, that that's that that's kind of a low bar, but sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're also joined by uh, Artemis for this episode. Yeah, good to be here. I wouldn't say that I have an anime of the season, but I am finally starting to watch The Sandman, and oh. because it is not Lucifer, I give it a ten out of ten so far. <laughs> Because man, so, that adaptation sucked. Oh, so one? Is, is it... yeah, that was a oh, terrible. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. As someone who has enjoyed both those comics, Sandman and Lucifer, I, uh, I will admit that I was a little skeptical of Sandman because you know I feel like, you know, yeah, the, the, those comic TV adaptations don't exactly have the hottest yeah. track record. But it is cool to hear that Sandman is actually pretty good. Yeah. So so far, I'm only a couple of episodes in, so you know, so... I, I withhold my judgment, but. Our recommendation for anime this season is turn to other mediums for entertainment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the anime talk. We had yet another new show come out since we last spoke, so let's talk about Kakaguri Twin, which uh, released on Netflix in a block of ah. six episodes. 
Of course. Uh, I have watched Naturally. two of them. Artemis, how many have you watched the whole thing or just? I finished. Yeah, I finished it just the other day. Yeah. Uh, okay. This, this so, is about Mary Mary, isn't it? Yeah. So for a brief yeah. brief reminder, if anybody is not familiar, this is, of course is Kakuri is about the high powered, high stakes gambling high school where everyone is absolutely insane and it's very campy and ridiculous. And uh, you know we've enjoyed the first two seasons, and this is a spin off series of sorts starring one of the primary supporting cast members um and i don't know artemis what did you think what do you think did you think of it well i mean it's more of like if if you liked that you will like this it's very in the same vein of you know intentionally campy like ridiculous anime faces you know extreme close-ups over sexualized high schoolers all that stuff it's just all mm-hmm. there again so Dialed to um, eleven, yeah. Yeah, just you know, all all the stuff you should expect by now from from this franchise. Um, so if you did enjoy it the first time around, welcome back. You'll enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say, I guess it was present in the in the main series as well. But there's a lot of, and now I will explain to you and the audience exactly <laughs> how I cheated. <laughs> You yeah. know, <laughs> that's a, that's an anime classic, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of that, but it's also dumb enough that I don't really care that much. Yeah, the explanations are so okay. ridiculous. Like, I, 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 you know, to this day, still one of my favorite podcast moments is trying to explain Death Macaroon to these guys. So, like, God, the the actually just saying out loud what just happened is part of the fun in some ways. Although, yes, and, and this is true even in the main series, perhaps they drag out the explanations a little bit too much sometimes. I, um, I would say they kind of double that this time around. Hmm. But again, I don't, I don't, like, I don't think it's trying to be particularly intelligent. Well, I mean, it's not, okay, no, it is a dumb series. It's a dumb series. <laughs> I, I, I would not, say it is intelligent intelligently written stupidity as, yeah but like we've definitely talked about yeah. shows like that before right where it's like the, sh- the content of the show itself is not particularly high-minded but it, it is being written in a fairly it's like, constructed either... in a way like we, we've yes. seen other shows try to do that and fail miserably right so it's not as easy as it looks but yeah right um the dialogue does drag sometimes despite its best efforts but um yeah there are some like especially kind of mid series not i guess it's not a series mid ova whatever the i think is probably the the best episodes of the of the batch okay like three and four i think if i remember the episode okay. numbers correctly well yeah it's only it's only six, six i guess right yeah. so yeah um yeah that that's that's good to hear because i've only watched the first two episodes and while i would say i was more positive on episode two it it kind of felt like my thing is like we've had we've already had two full seasons of kakagori right and like Mm -hmm. it has escalated to a like a higher level of ridiculousness (laughs) by the time we reached the end of season two and so this is kind of like bring us back to the beginning again and i'm like you know i can't quite match that that sheer level of ridiculousness i I agree with that 
Mm-hmm. You know, I need yeah. I need harder and harder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I feel like episodes episodes three and four kind of dial it right back up again. Okay. To the point where maybe five and six are kind of almost an anticlimax because the best episodes came before it. But okay. Um, yeah. I I mean I am yeah. planning on finishing it. Uh, I'm just pacing it if, out here. But. If if I had, I think if people in general have any major complaints, it's that the character herself seems to have undergone some kind of personality transplant. Okay. Um, oh, Mary. In which, in which she, like, by the end, can I talk about, like, the end of the series in terms of kind uh, of yes. general? That's fine. She's kind of, like, all power of friendship. After yeah, her that... life was saved or some whatever by... Not really. Well, so, <laughs> so, well, the thing is, like, this is supposed to happen prior to the events of, of the original series. Oh, right. so Okay. So we know Mary in the mainline series as a certain type of character, and she is right, not right. about the power of friendship. Yeah, by, by the by the e- by by episodes kind of five and six, she's really become a kind of tsundere power of friendship type of girl. Mm. Yeah, so that hmm. that's that's part of the thing too. Like, I was thinking about this, and this is way more deep analysis than Kakuguri deserves, but. <laughs> They're they're kind of like two types of characters in the series. There's like, there's the characters who are like the more like pragmatic, practical ones that are using gambling as a means to an end. Like I want a lot of money, or I want fame and power, or whatever it is, right? Uh huh. And then you have the like thrill seekers. And then you have like the actual right, the true believers who just get off on the thrill of gambling, and they don't really mm-hmm. care as much about the money or the results, right? Uh-huh. And part of the reason why the mainline series is fun is Yumiko, the main character, is is the truest of believers. And uh-huh. she'll just accept any wild game or whatever circumstances just because that's, you know, that's she just actually just enjoys that thrill. Um, the, the, the eponymous Kakigurui compulsive gambler. Yes. So, like, that's part of the fun of the series. That's how we get into these, like, crazy situations and things. And so Mary is, like... I would put her more in the other category of characters. And honestly, she's kind of like, if we're grading completely on a curve here, like the kind of most normal, rational uh-huh. one in this in the series. Yeah. And, and I could see how they could very easily try to spin her into like a more traditional anime protagonist. Right. And then they kind of make her, at, at, by the end of the the show, she's kind of, like fighting for justice as well which is very weird to say for her character like she's fighting to like end the tyrannical rule of the student council and the house pet system because she thinks it's unjust and i'm like how do you reconcile this character with who we're introduced to in the main series it's like why did you come to this like why did you come to this like writing her in the prequel as she is later in the main series without not like, really no okay. they kind of make okay, her cause... like even she does get some development in the main series to the point where by the end of it she's not you know like an antagonist at least right. anymore but she's certainly not fighting i mean for the for, for the good of other people in the main series uh-huh. she's basically vegeta like she's the first boss <laughs> and then she joins yeah. and kind of begrudgingly becomes you know yumiko's frenemy throughout the rest of the series right so like right. Um. Yeah, that th- that's a little bit of a stretch for, especially since that development is happening supposed to happen like before. But you know, this is one of those like 
manga spin-off series where it's like the same writer but he brings in another like artist to like just uh, you know milk the uh franchise as much as possible so you know i i don't know i don't know what we're expecting but you know more kakagurui that's you know in a comparable level of ridiculousness Mm-hmm. couple and episodes it still, and it still looks pretty nice um, yes it looks great like super super oversaturated like very colors stylish. as usual and all that stuff yeah yeah it's yeah it's very very stylish nice I, art and everything i wonder if original kakiguro did particularly well for netflix and they decided to like bankroll this oh well yeah they did the two seasons of the the live action like they're they they oh, that's right yeah the live doubled. action was fun too i i would yeah. also recommend that for people who are interested yeah it's i watched i watched a little bit of it and it was pretty it was pretty fun seeing them try to interpret that to live <laughs> i think they did, I, I they did watched, a pretty good job i watched the first couple episodes and i remember just being really thrown off because the main dude in uh the, the live action is oh i forgot there's a main dude <laughs> yeah but he was a major character in comrade or gaim Oh he right, was yeah, you're like, telling us sniveling, that. Yeah. Like a uh, guy who <laughs> really wanted the main girl and became a real creep about it over yeah. the course of the show, so it was really funny. Whereas in this, he's supposed to be like basically the self insert, right? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would throw you off. Well, I will. Uh, I'll probably split that up over the next couple weeks here so yeah we'll see see how that goes does it end with any indication that they're going to do more or is this seem to be a self I, I honestly can't tell they end that storyline and it would like if they don't do any more it's not any kind of cliffhanger but I, they I'm could reading, also do more i'm reading that know. the kakagurui twin manga is still going so yeah oh i'm sure there's still more manga but like I, I'm just curious if this is like a Netflix we we release six because that's what we could we could dub right now. Right. right yeah, right. I don't I don't know the the final episode doesn't really like tell either way to be honest. It, it could yeah. go it could go either. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move along to another show we haven't been talking about, and let's talk about uh, Uncle from Another World, Isikan Oji-san. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I did not personally watch any of this, and I don't want to make any assumptions here, but uh, Artemis, I was kind of surprised to hear that you're still watching this. I know. I was also <laughs> surprised to see myself still watching this. But um, although, to be uh, fair, I haven't seen an episode for a couple of weeks because it was on hiatus because it was apparently a COVID outbreak in the oh, studio. So, um, yeah, that's that's been on a break. Okay. Um, but I believe... As, as far as this recording to date anyway, um, there have been four episodes so far. Okay. Um, I thought I saw maybe an episode yeah. might have come out today. Right, so it's, oh, okay. so it's uh, yeah. delayed by a few weeks compared to everything else. Okay, well, I haven't seen the... Uh, if it came out today, I have not seen it. Yeah, uh, that one like, yet, like, but... like an hour ago or something, okay. so yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this show because it requires nothing from me. <laughs> Okay. Sometimes that's all you need. And and um, because I've already finished Compulsive Gambler, I'm the only two shows I'm watching are this and, and one other that we will be talking about later. So See, that's the danger of binge watching. If you don't if you don't keep it <laughs> weekly, 
<laughs> You're just gonna run out of stuff to watch. Yeah. No, I have plenty of stuff to watch. Just that <laughs> hardly any of it is anime. But but um, I I like this show just because it's an easy watch. It's not like demanding in terms of my concentration. Neither is it so stupid that I hate it. Okay. Um, there, there are some things about it that I don't like as much. Um, I feel like it works when it stops leaning into the kind of stereotypes that it's parodying and instead leans into like the uncle kind of just being a terrible person right. and using yes. his powers to get free shipping and stuff like, like dumb stuff <laughs> like that. Like that works for me. Right. Like the, the parts that are actual jokes of this dude came back and I was a weird old man as opposed right. to the jokes that are like, y'all know isekai yeah exactly right um and um yeah like i'm I'm not gonna say it's a good show <laughs> i but i think it's an entertaining one sure would, yeah. would you say it does a surprisingly decent job of at least like mining its premise for like bits that don't that, that don't necessarily feel rep- repetitive right because like i feel like the thing that when i heard about the premise of the show i was like Oh, is this just going to be like the same joke over and over again? Like they have, I would say it's half and half. They they do have some of the same jokes over and over again. Like the biggest the biggest joke that is just always there is that he was a big fan of like particular games, like Sega right. games and whatnot. And now mm-hmm. you know those no longer exist. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> so so he's and he's just kind of devastated and and he thinks that like all the like he's still obsessed with what came out as number one game back when he was a kid mm-hmm. because really that shouldn't have been the number one clearly the number one was this but oh no it got ranked 30 like yeah there's only so many times that stuff is funny right. and they just do they do keep going there so it is repetitive in that way but there are enough other jokes kind of sprinkled throughout that it's sort of a 50 50 experience sure for me um, and of, and uh, they kind of interchange them, so it's not all the same, you know, for the whole episode. I'm pretty sure that famous arcade arc- used to be Sega Game Center, and then it got sold to another company, and now that company is shutting down. Didn't they oh, just? Yeah. yeah, didn't they just say that's yeah, shutting they, down this week? Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. announced they're shutting down that arcade, <laughs> yeah. like a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, ironically. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I always liked the idea of this show and I didn't end up watching it because everybody else was kind of a little more negative on it but I, I, I guess nobody said that they hated it but like it was just like I don't know um, I've been burned by a lot of uh, <laughs> mid-level comedies uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> in the past uh, couple of seasons but um, but yeah I mean that that's cool that it's hanging in there though like yeah. th- this oh, also could do... have been like much worse I do so. also kind of like the main girl and i don't mean in the flashbacks i mean like the the uncle's i mean nephew i forgot everyone's names and uncle is just kind of uncle mostly but Mm -hmm. um his nephew has a girlfriend no he has he has a friend who Uh is like you know around the same age so she's in college i guess or whatever and she's thirsty like for him like (laughs) but i kind of like that because normally it's the guy pursuing the girl right right in this case it's the opposite and the joke is that even though the nephew is like oh my god uncle how could you not have known that in the game this girl was actually it's the whole time was after you but he's kind of the same 
Yeah. I see. Yes. <laughs> Uncle, so, you couldn't, and, why didn't you know that in Isekai you get a harem? Yeah, like all that stuff, but it's kind of happening, not not in Isekai um, right. like conventions, but the same ba- you know plot line essentially yeah. is happening with the nephew. And he's just completely oblivious to that situation. Look, we're yeah, all that can, way that more can be fun. like, you know, look, ev- everybody here, I think, can admit that we're all way more like um, mature and aware of other people's problems. And then honestly, yes. usually just completely oblivious to our own. Right. This is uh, this is just particularly a, when you are young. Yes. yes this, this is the right. natural state of being. <laughs> right. Yeah. That happens to the best of us. But yeah, yeah. no, that, that could then- be a fun that yeah. can be a fun and then they don't really use her for fan service either so it doesn't feel okay. like right. particularly skeevy or anything you know and the odd fan service parts that do crop up like a are fairly mild and b way less creepy given the fact that she's not like a junior high schooler or whatever the normal is for anime <laughs> these days right. so right she's it all 12. it all helps yeah. yeah all right okay cool that sounds uh sounds all right it sounds tolerable yeah yeah, <laughs> and a season like this, we take what we can get. Yep. All right, let's talk about Made in Abyss, the Golden City of the Scorching yeah, Sun. Let's yeah. let's talk about let's a very talk. tolerable show. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of yeah, speaking so, of what's tolerable, uh, Artemis, you have not had your chance to say your piece on this yet. So how how have you been feeling about? Uh, well, Made I, in so Abyss? I've been. I did. I did listen to the last few podcasts, and I probably have pretty much the same opinions as you guys honestly it's really hard to watch sometimes it's really frustrating that the storytelling is so good and yet (laughs) very very specific instances that could just be cut like they just don't need to be there how many jokes about going to the bathroom do you need? Do we really need yes do we really need this this moment in the story to focus on this like living toilet yeah, with a say, have they, tongue. Have they brought in a living toilet every episode uh, so far? Not oh, every no, episode. No, it's just they I, have to, like, they you, when they go to get the whistle back, and, like, we have to have the aside of the whistle Carver saying that oh my carving God, his yeah. whistle made him nut. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it was... okay, let's go now, please. Yes. And <laughs> it, right. It's a crisis. It, it, it is, but it is that thing, right? It's like, again, I am not about to just pull a no. You see, the naked transformation is important to the story, but it maybe do, it I'm does about to do that. that he that, gets like, value out of doing that, I guess. Right, it, or it's meant. To, I guess in some ways it does contribute to like the the tone that like season two is trying to evoke of like, you know, what you know what is what is the quote that that is said in I think episode five? Like longing sometimes gets the better of instinct. Something right, like that, yeah. Like this is a world, this this community preservation like... that they that they have entered is 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 a world in which, like, the hedonistic pursuit of desire is taken to its like existential conclusion, like to the point mm-hmm. where it has literally rewritten the laws of physics in this town. Yes, um, and. A world like that would be extremely distressing for normal people <laughs> like us, right? Like, but it's and, not, it's not just that that they kind of introduce these characters who 
who you know have like very like explicit longings that get the better of their instinct like because I didn't really mind as such the fact that like this guy is like yeah it was a very essential experience that I climaxed while I was doing it like I don't really care but Mm -hmm. every single episode there's some kind of bodily function I think that's right. what it is, right? Is like, <laughs> like as a as a as a use used sparingly, it kind of evokes like how much these people desire the things they desire. But when it is thrown in your face every episode, it's like, oh, look how wacky these guys are. They're all kind of perverse and creepos, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, we know, we get it. Like, <laughs> but then if if it's not them, it's Rico. Like, like if it's not if it's mm-hmm. not one of the the townsfolk, then it's her. Like, oh man, I really gotta take a dump. Hold on, you guys. Like, right? Yeah. You know, All right. Yeah. We 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 got it. You you are a human being. You have natural bodily functions. We understand. Let's yeah. move on. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's that thing that yes, I think the latest two episodes that we've watched is. You know, for better or worse, going to continue to echo that that sentiment of the show continues to be kind of upsetting and gross and weird, but also like strangely compelling in the mysteries it dangles in front of yes. us. Right? We, we met Faputa in yes, these two the, episodes. Yes, the the uh, the, the, vaunt, the much the what the, the, the appraised as the the princess of the Narahate, right? Of the Hongos, uh-huh. the embodiment know? of value. Yes. Yes. And, you know, she she is implied to have a history with, with Reg of yes, some sort. As he made right? his way up the abyss. Yes. Um, you know, she holds some kind of grudge against the village uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, has yet to be revealed. And that is kind of also where we then meet uh, Vueco, you know, the girl from the flashback in episode one. Right. Uh, she is revealed to be still alive and uh-huh. lingering. And what at... <laughs> yeah. The bottom of like the, not the, the not the eponymous abyss, but the uh, the localized abyss within the village. <laughs> yep. Well, they they like have her chained up with yes goo or something in this hole that everyone in the village refuses to go to. Yes. And it is kind of revealed that she was cast down there because, for reasons that have been yet to be revealed to the to the anime, mm-hmm. uh, she opposed something that was fundamental to the creation of the town, of the village. And, uh, you know, it is a sort of like, ah, she she knows the truth of this village's, like, great shame. It's it's secret. And so she had to be removed as a result. And yeah. so it's, you know, it, it's a thing that show does really well, like just introducing these mysteries to the show that just kind of... The show is just so good at dangling the bait in front of you. Um, <laughs> you know, for better or worse, right? Uh, we uh, we also find out that uh, Midi or a form of Midi yeah. is is still alive in yes. in the village. What and, a, whatever uh, eldritch force that yes. powers the value, the balancing uh, inside of the village is powerful enough that uh, when provided with an equ- enough equivalent value, it can literally yes. just. Cr- copy or create things out just of create an entirely new being and it's like that's the thing that like makes this village again like as perverse and strange as it is like mysterious and cool is like wow if you just literally want something hard enough and you are willing to pay a high enough price for it it will create it like yes <laughs> no questions asked 
and it's it's I don't know it's it's, it's a show yeah. yeah it's it's a fascinating world it, it always has been um but but yeah so the kind of the main conflict of these last couple of episodes is basically because uh Nanachi finds what appears to be Midi alive and uh, well she's still hollow it's still it's hollow Midi it's not it's right. not human Midi uh, but an unharmed version of Midi, uh, Nanachi is willing to give up all of herself to <laughs> free Midi. But, you know, it turns out that when you live in, like, anarcho-capitalist town, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta read the contract uh-huh. a lot more carefully than that, you know? Uh, <laughs> yep. So, Reg is off d- somewhere yes. <laughs> with up to... Nanachi is now being gassed up so that she is sitting here with Midi and Rico has to figure out how to help her friends. Yeah, basically how to bargain her way out of this strange land with its <laughs> without, strange Without laws. losing, what was it, without losing either both of her eyes, both of her legs, or half of her internal organs. Yes. yes. <laughs> fucking, fucking Rico, of course, like, she's the kind of girl who will, like, take a step back and be like, well... How many organs could I afford to lose and still right. be Right, she was like, well, well, you know, I guess I could have Reg carry me if they took my uh, legs, I really but don't I don't know how far I'd get if they took my eyes, yeah. Oh my god, but yes, thankfully, yes. Yeah. Uh, our friend Given... Majikaja is here to step in. <laughs> yeah. and... Oh, our friend, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, our friend Majikaja yeah, is here to be like, hey, hold up, even I know this is a this is a smelly deal. You shouldn't take this. <laughs> yeah, but um, given given actually just how for this show lighthearted the the most recent episode was, I'm really worried about what's going to come next. Because if there was a oh, relatively baby. lighthearted episode oh. before, you know the next one is going to be. Oh, Artemis, oh, you don't yeah. even know. I'm not so... even gonna. I'm not even gonna speculate. I'm so just not even gonna do of that. The sixth episode. Um... Right, Rico. Rico mobilizes the town people to protect it from a like horrible a monster. blob monster, yeah. and yes. it's fun. We have a good time, and Vuiko says, "Well, I guess I'll tell you what really happened." Yes, the truth of the village. You are now. I think you are now ready to know what happened. Are they, are they just gonna have to kill Midi again? Like, I feel like we've been down that road, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't answer that question. Yeah, I'm not even I'm just, watching. I'm not, so I don't... I'm not gonna. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. go there. This is not. Um, this is not the kind of anime where I speculate what's gonna I, happen. I, I will say that it speaks to how deeply upsetting other aspects of the story are about to be. <laughs> that I completely forget what happens to Mitty during yeah. this arc <laughs> because she barely rates compared to like the actually truly abhorrent thing the story is oh, about to man. reveal um <laughs> it's gonna be a fun episode it's gonna be a fun podcast next episode yeah uh, it sure oh, will boy. You, like you'll finally understand why Eero and i have been like wringing our hands for like the last three months about season two grabbing your collar uh yeah <laughs> so stretching that your collar stuff, that stuff is like right around the corner or is it yes. still oh, yeah. quite, kind of sometime probably okay. next episode or the episode after that all right um yeah, contained yeah, within I guess it's Vuiko's like, explanation. Let's say, like, yeah, I. But yeah, I guess it's like I, I guess at the end of the day, that's kind of all there really is to say about Made in Abyss, right? Is like yeah. it, it is a confident and competent adaptation of that story. Um, yes, it's doing it well, and as always, you know, your tolerance for the content it is showing is gonna be up to you. But as as in 
as a portrayal of those events, it is doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Uh, Shout-outs to the guy to with the time. weird penis sword, by the way. Uh, right. You know, just... Uh, sure. Now, Fuiko is no longer part of one of the three sages. They were plucked through a giant blob man with a big yes. flesh sword who loves to fight. phallic sword, yes. It's, uh... Sure. The, you know, the other thing related to that, G, we were talking about this when we were watching it. Yes. And it's Actually, like, well, I was hoping you'd bring this up. Yeah. Because... We read the manga as it was coming out, and it's like, when this yep. character showed up, we thought of him as, like, not um, not necessarily a major character, but a character who was around for a while. A prominent character, yes. But actually, no, it's just that t- there was so much time between chapters coming out, and so, like, it's been interesting to watch the anime and see how it it's just paced. How quickly yeah, the story is actually paced if you just read, like... If right. this manga was we- if the manga was weekly, how actually pretty fast paced Made in Abyss is. Right. But for context, the stretch of episode six, like the 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 the, the amount of content, amount of narrative that episode six covers, uh, if you were reading the manga as it was being released, was about six to nine months. This, wow. So this season will cover basically the entire point period of <clears throat> the entire point of time between the end of season one and now yes <laughs> the, the, these 12 episodes will cover about four to five years worth of chapters uh, uh made in abyss is a monthly manga but also the author Takushi takes many long hiatuses so right so it's not just a chapter every month no right? it really yeah. is not yeah. and uh <laughs> so yeah we're really well, blowing it speaks, through them it here. It speaks really well to the adaptation. Then I think that the pacing does usually feel so sharp. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's it's Absolutely. definitely a much better experience than waiting for three months for the next chapter. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, again, looking forward to hearing about that next time. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Call of the Night. How's this um, one treating you, Jill? They took some interesting, took things in interesting directions that I was not necessarily expecting with these last two episodes. And I think ultimately, my I think what might be bugging you with this is I feel like maybe the show is pulling its punches a little bit too much with some mm-hmm. of the topics that they're moving into. Well, like it could be going harder. Yeah, like like even like the core concept of like. You know, obviously the the, the, the vampire dr- blood drinking thing is a not even veiled metaphor for sex, right? Right. And like, <laughs> right. The the language and everything they use around it, and like they're literally like wink, wink, nudge, nudge with it, right? Which is which, you know, that's pretty common. Are but you I telling feel like... me that all this time vampire stories have not been the wholesome, <laughs> non metaphorical? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, so, no, Artemis. Maybe we, uh. yeah. You know, it is not just about drinking blood. Um, but yeah, you know, but but in some of the other topics that they get into in these episodes, I'm kind of noticing that as well, where they feel like it's like they they at some point they're like, oh, well, this is a comedy, so we can't get too serious. We need to kind of like back off and make it silly again, right? And so, um, in in the first episode, they kind of do a, a a fun thing, which was like day in the life of the vampire girl like what is she doing while you know in the day like she has she has a apartment and 
a PS1 and like how does she play ah, PS1 and so. everything. All, so, all the basic uh, needs are met. Yeah, uh, a PS1 with uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3. And, damn. Um, all right. That's pretty much... And, and her apartment, you know, granted her apartment is completely empty except for a couch and a uh, futon, but, sure. you know, she's, she's paying rent somehow. So <laughs> it is revealed that uh, she um, does massage slash cuddling services uh which okay. is very much framed as sex work even though uh-huh. they very explicitly hand wave that she's not actually having sex with anyone of course, uh-huh, of course. or or performing any sexual acts mm-hmm. of any kind. right she's but, just but soaping the imp- up and laying next to them the implication well, is made clear though yeah well again all the language and everything uh-huh. that they're using is meant to you know, frame it that way, even though they show that she's literally doing massage therapy, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and, and and this is, you know, in an effort to make the main guy jealous, basically, like him thinking, I don't want her touching other men, that kind of thing. And Oh, man, I was super on board until you said that. Yep. <laughs> and then they, had, they have to go there. And, um, and you know, again, they, they dial it back because... She's like, oh, well, I haven't had any customers since we started hanging out, which is causing a problem, of course, because now she's not making any money. <laughs> and so then one of her customers shows up, and it just happens to be a woman because they could not go that oh, no. route. Uh, and so they bring in this tired office lady as her one customer to show. Okay. And, uh, you know, again, I, I felt like they were kind of going somewhere with that, and then they, you know, they had to dial it back and you know fall back onto the more conventional uh-huh. sort of traditional thinking on things how, but how long is she supposed to have been a vampire they don't say it's been implied a pretty long time like, yeah, are probably. you thinking the same thing i'm thinking if you're alive a long time like <laughs> you got assets yeah no she's it. definitely broke you you have an investment account even if you're like making one percent interest if you live a hundred years, that's uh-huh. a lot of interest. They they have maybe made it she pretty... Just couldn't, maybe she just couldn't adapt to, like, the... Yeah, unle- unless they're going to... Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, un- unless they're going to throw in a twist, they were making it very clear that she is broke. She got addicted uh, so I, to Gachapon. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to come into play. Although, I it would not be, like, a hundred... I would not be totally shocked if they, like, sprung that on next episode. Oh, yeah, I, I actually did have money, you know, or whatever, but... It's that kind of show. But, um, but yeah, so they bring in this tired office lady who is the subject of the next, uh, the next episode. And, um, uh, the, the vampire girl decides she wants to play more Street Fighter and says, you take care of her and makes the main guy try to massage her, right? But, uh, you know, as he's talking to her and doing a terrible job at massaging, um, you know, it's coming out of that, you know, she has this horrible, you know, office job, you know, your typical Japanese office worker life where, you know, she's working, you know, however many, pretty much like 24 hours a day she's on mm-hmm. call, even outside of the office. She still has to go out drinking where all the yep, yep. lecherous co-workers are hitting on her and she just absolutely hates her life. You know, it, it's supposed to be like two in the morning and her boss is still calling her. <laughs> And, um, you know, is this all kind of culminates in this big moment where the, the main guy, like, you know, she gets the call from her boss, like, you have to come back to the office now. And, and 
he like flips out and he, and he's like you know he he tells her his whole situation how he's trying to be a vampire and you know that might be that might sound crazy and she knows something's up because at one point the vampire girl like literally phases through one of the walls (laughs) and she's like uh what's going on here but uh and 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 he's like you know that might sound crazy but you know what's crazy your boss telling you to come into work at 2 a.m and you know there's this whole like the whole like main theme of the, of the of the series, particularly with the main kid, because like he he's basically quit school and just hangs so out just all like night, right? Be more true to your desires or something. Or... Yeah, and it's it, that that's kind of like, you know, there there was a line early on in the show where the vampire girl is like, you know, the, the reason why most people can't sleep at night is because they're not satisfied with what they did during the day, right? Like, okay, sure. So the idea is to be like, yes, more true to your, you know what makes you happy rather than just, you know, conforming to what society tells you, which they've tried to balance out somewhat because you've got the other girl kind of trying to tell him, maybe you should come back to school. So there are like certain mm-hmm. balance to it. Is it is but it I like, thought they were just going to go ahead. Or, oh, sorry. sorry. I just wanted, cause I haven't seen any of this, sh- this, this one. Is it that he has kind of an anxiety about it or he just doesn't want to, like he just doesn't care to. Um, both. Uh, <laughs> the, there was something that happened in school with with a girl or something that made him not want to go and then he he's an interesting main character because he's um he's not quite your typical anime protagonist in that he's very um decisive he is not wishy-washy at all and he's very uh, open about what he wants and so he you know he you know when he makes a decision and realizes what he wants he goes for it and, That's kind of nice. Yeah, which is which is a little bit different. And so in this case, it, he's like, I don't want to go to school, so I'm not going to school. Hey, I like hanging enough, out. At night. I, I like hanging out at night, even though I'm a 14 year old kid. Um, so. Um, oh, he's 14. Yeah, that's. He's, the, that's, he's not even in high school. He's in junior. Yeah. Oh. Did, yeah. So he's like, he's like literally a kid. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought he was like kind of 15 or 16. No, yeah, he's 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 wow. he's explicitly okay. stated to be fourteen years. So fourteen old. would be oh, like right. what third year middle school. Yeah, it should probably be third year of junior high. Okay, third year, yeah, third year. So I guess that's sort of meant to like further emphasize, like I don't know, is that meant to further emphasize like the the supposed immaturity of the kid, right? <clears throat> yeah, or, or in contrast with this ageless vampire. Yeah. It, you know, I, I'm sure there is a more recent reference in here, but their relationship does kind of remind me of, like, Fooly Cooly with uh, ah, and Haruko, yeah. that kind of thing. Right, okay. Where That's she's fair. kind of clearly, like, out of his league. <laughs> He's some bratty uh, tween, and she's a possibly immortal, like, yeah. interdimensional being. Uh, and I'm sure there are other that's just the first example that comes to mind as like the biggest example of that. But that's kind of kind of what their relationship is like. It's a little more on the level than, you know, that, that one was, but because I, I don't think she's necessarily just using him in this situation, but they do have a, a genuine relationship. But anyway, they, so yeah, they, they, they have this big moment of like, you know, just, you know, just quit your job. Don't go back. This is ridiculous. You know, it's not, it's, it's not worth going back if you're this miserable. And like, she's like literally in tears at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gives this whole big speech and, you know, they they talk about they were talking about how they both love to be out at night how you can just walk down the street and there's no cars and like that again the other kind of big 
mood of this show is the you know embracing that 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 nighttime feeling that I've talked about and you know she she finally you know stops crying and then she starts laughing haha you're just a silly kid and then she's like well I'm going back to work see you kid I'm like what uh-huh. <laughs> yep that's what I was kind of Hoping the and, and I'm like, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I don't, I guess I don't know what I was expecting because, you know, a lot of people aren't in a position where they can just quit their job. Right. But I think most people are not in a position where their boss is calling them into work at 2 a.m. too. So I don't I know. I mean, but... I think this is like one of those weird things where like there probably is for better or, wor- or worse some nuance to a situation like this of like. You know, a job can suck, but also we all have bills to pay. Yeah. Like, I could kind of respect that it goes in that direction. Yeah. But the way you describe this job is, like, almost, like, cartoonishly bad. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I have heard like that, could've... like, working culture in Japan is not good, but that's not, like... I guess, what kind of job are you working that is requiring you to be on call at 2 in the morning if you're not, like, I don't know... Right. A fisherman after you've already, or a cop or a nurse guess, or something. To, after you've already you worked for 16 doing, hours. You could be doing like an international, like where you have to do another time zone or something. <clears throat> yeah, so I, that I, is I that do, is I actually... Somebody works for like a Johnson Johnson or something. But, but usually if yeah. if you're in that kind of situation, like it's... it's You're not... On call it's balanced out by your right, not you working would, you would, I 16 you hours throughout the rest of, of the day. And then, yeah. So, you know, I you know maybe they could have been like... She tells her boss off, and then like the next day they work something out or something like you know like that. That feels I feel like that would have been more appropriate than just like no, I'm gonna go back to being absolutely miserable. When the show is the whole point of the show is like no, you shouldn't. You should be, you know, if you're not happy with your life, you should be looking at things, you know, the things that you can do to change it or whatever. And maybe that'll come back around. Maybe we'll see her again. I don't know, but it just felt very like. I felt like they wasted my time with that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, but it's like, it, it, it makes me frustrated because like in both episodes, I felt like we were going somewhere that I liked. And then they just kind of mm. like give you the old reverse, reverse it, switch it around or don't go all the way with it, you know? And right. I don't know. Yeah. It's... I, I, I debated whether to watch this and listening to you talk, it's like, oh, that sounds really good. Oh, no, never mind. Oh, that sounds really good. Oh, no, yep, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel when I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you know, and, 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 you know, this is assuming you can look past the uh, the high amounts of skin that are on screen throughout the how, episodes. How, but... how bad, like, on a, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, how fanciversy are we talking uh, it varies from episode to episode. Uh, it probably averages a seven, but some episodes, some episodes would be might be lower. Some episodes might be higher. <laughs> okay. Um, it is kind of framed as horny teenage boy looking at this hot girl that he's hanging out with, but mm-hmm. it, so it's not it's not like uh, let me randomly stick this camera down this twelve year old girl shirt type of fan service, which. You know, if we're we're splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's, it, there's there, there are levels that you these. don't like, but is not creepy and gross and disgusting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there, there are, are levels. There are levels. There are levels to this. Yeah. I, I I I'm personally able to just let it go. Let it or go. Look past it or whatever. But yeah. Everyone's mileage may vary on that. No, yeah, and, and it's like. 
like I said, I, I feel the same way watching it. Where I'll, you know, there'll be there'll be a good chunk of the episode. I'm like, you know, maybe this show is actually good <laughs> because, like, like it looks fantastic. The mood I love, especially as a nighttime person, like I just love the the whole vibe they go for and everything, and the the, the art style and like. And then screen the, caps I've seen look really like the backgrounds look really, really nice. I must yeah, say. Yeah, it's all like purple and gold, and like it's yeah. like really cool look to it. And I love the mood. Even the relationship between the main two is is pretty fun. And it's just like, but they just don't quite finish the job <laughs> to where I'm like, this is a mm-hmm. good good anime. So, all right, well. Let's move along. Are, are you guys still watching Yurei Deco? I should probably. Should what have about Yurei Deco, Jill? <laughs> I don't. We haven't watched the past two episodes, right? No, we have not. I, I expect I will continue watching it when Zig and Aquagaze are okay. Are back. Well, but um, then I don't think we have anything now. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stopped. I watched up to episode three, and then I dropped it after that. Yeah, I'm okay. bored of the show. I yeah. I, I, I haven't. I said like... you said. <laughs> I liked I liked the the basic premise at first, and then when it moved into a random detective show, I was just I'd had enough at that point. Right? Yeah. Was it you said? G, you're getting some monkey baseball vibes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, there was no. an episode. Oh, no. uh, there was an episode of Yuri Deco that I said, "This is giving me too much monkey baseball en- energy." Yeah. And uh, for reference <laughs> for, for everybody, when we were watching Sunny Boy, which we yeah. all ended up hating. They had one episode that we've dubbed the monkey baseball episode. If you watch the show, you know exactly what we're talking about. And that should have been so good. And it was and so it was bad. The, absolutely terrible. But but I think it's the I think we make that correlation because this is also sort of like a weird artsy type of show, right? Yeah. Like, not nearly to the same extent, I would say. Just at, you know, that's the thing. Like at least Sunny Boy you could say had like a vision, uh, artistic am- uh, no, ambition, no. ambition I, perhaps. Okay, it had a, yes, they had a win condition in Sunny Boy, right? Yeah. Yes, um, that's. I'll give it that. Much. I don't know, man. Like again, we, we haven't watched any new episodes of Yuri Deco, so I don't think there's any point to really like keep. Yeah, we know? will. Yeah. Maybe we'll resume that because uh, we'll yeah. probably I have Ziggurat. Well I think next. my my biggest issue with it, I will say just real quick, is is that I would have been okay with the base premise if they'd just run with that the entire way, and I would have been potentially fine with a detective show i would have maybe even been fine with both mixed if it had done that well but it didn't and the characters are so annoying that by the time <laughs> they got to the detective stuff i was like nah yeah all right like especially especially the main girl because i don't really get her like i don't like now you're living as a as a ghost and you apparently don't give a crap about what your like, parents might like think or, or like and you're totally fine with with everything and mm-hmm. cheerful about the whole concept like you're not struggling at all with the leap from one world to another right. a totally different way of living you don't really care about your family that you've left behind and who think you are literally right. dead all, all we get huh? is her being like I guess I'll show my parents eventually. Yeah, she doesn't really seem I, to care. There, it's there just is, very strange. I, I think maybe the thing, the the vibe I get from Barry, uh, the girl we're talking about, the protagonist, is it, she kind of reminds me a little bit too much of like a young adult novel protagonist who like makes you know she 
she got she got the letter to Hogwarts, oh, and now like her old life doesn't matter to her anymore. Right. right. The letter Hogwarts yeah. works because his life was fucking miserable. Right. Well, that's, yeah, the, thing, that's right, the right. Thing, like though, Harry's life like fucking sucks. She did, like she had loving parents, right? And, like, a, like clearly was not living in any kind yeah. of poverty either. She, she didn't seem any worse off than anybody else, right? Like it's yeah, but yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> did you have something else, Iro? Or... No. Okay. Well. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about like chorus recoil. Let's talk uh-huh. about Lycoris Recoil. So, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go first, but I'll just say, interesting set of episodes in that I personally yeah. kind of hated episode six, but I kind of really liked episode seven. But I want to hear yeah, what I, you guys. I, I could definitely. I could definitely. I, I. So episode six is. Uh, yeah, let's start, let's start there. Yeah, that I'm, is. Uh, I am literally pulling up episode six because I can't. Fucking so remember episode what six is when Majima finds out Chisato's identity and oh. tries. To oh kill yes, her. yes, the shootout, the nighttime shootout. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the thing I'm running into with like chorus recoil is that I think the show feels like it is caught between the two like obvious narrative through lines it could pursue like the show wants to sometimes be the like you know conspiracy you know political conspiracy show about like a mystery that goes all the way to the top right but then it also wants to be your like schlocky girls with guns like adventure of the week show and I think the issue I'm running into is that I would like it to commit harder to one or the other because right now the way it ping-pongs between the two yeah. is just a little too much of a, like... Whiplash. Yeah, and it's it, it's frustrating because yeah, we, we see enough flashes where I think it could actually be great at either one of them. Yes. Um, and but it, But it is kind of stuck jumping back and forth and right. you know i don't know if we i don't know if that's totally illustrated in these two episodes but you know episode six is kind of first of all like i i up to now i've i've i hated majima as a character he's such a oh the like, dude sucks he's just your like bog standard like anime anarchist joker. villain you know yeah yes. like he's jokerified like, I, that's like to me. That's uh, unless you are going for like the total schlocky. We are like strictly living off of action sequences, and we don't care about anybody's motivations or anything. That's like the worst type of villain, for right? Because here's the thing: yeah. a guy like Majima feels like a Black Lagoon character, <laughs> except in Black Lagoon that works because everybody is a schlocky '80s like action stereotype psychopath, right? right. Like. But in a show like this that is, like, that occasionally tries to gesture at, like, something vaguely political or sociological, right. Majima just feels super, like, clumsy and un- and, right. and just not particularly compelling or likable. Just like, I'm a terrorist who wants to do more terrorism because I hate society, question mark? Right. But, like, that's <laughs> the thing, is that, here's the thing, here's the thing that's really crazy, is that, 
We don't even know why Majima hates society when the very premise of the show hands him a silver platter, a perfect reason to hate society, which is that this world... There is a police state in which high school girls armed with pistols <laughs> go around black bagging people before they've even committed crimes. That's a perfect reason to hate society. Yeah. And uh no, not not a, I mean in a roundabout way, yes, he is targeting the Lycoris, but that is but not it is not that's for not any even know they were. He that's he didn't even know they existed until like the hacker right. guy right. like and then he goes, "Oh, I guess I guess I did get stopped by a little girl with a gun last time I tried to do the terrorism. Right, he's revealed to also have been the one who did the terrorism on the Tokyo Tower. Yeah. You know, we get the flashback of, like, seven-year-old Chisato. That, yeah, um, that's the uh, what we see at the end of the episode seven, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I, and, and, like, you know, I guess having him have a quick little skirmish with Shisato was inevitable and all that and you know showing that uh-huh. you know he he might actually be some kind of match for her in in combat and all that which is you know with his supernatural eh, durability uh, like, <laughs> yeah whatever whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah doesn't he get doesn't he get like hit with a he's RPG or something and he was next to an explosion and he's fine well, I, I, anime, I, everyone's supernaturally tough. Well, it's like, also, aren't they? Aren't they kind of? Aren't they implying he's was in the same? So yes, yes at the end of episode seven, they imply Shisato, that yeah. yes, he may come from the same like super soldier program as Chisato, yes. which is apparently separate from. Yes, which is apparently separate from the DA. From the, like, you know, yes. organization. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. it's a little strange, but yeah, I, uh, I don't. It's a weird thing of like. Again, it's like this show. This show, I, 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 I remain. I am legitimately now convinced this show only remains in like something resembling our good graces because it is just so immaculately constructed, production-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah, like on a production level, this continues to be one of the most well-made shows of the year. Like, yeah, and and I don't think it's just the visuals. I think even like. I think the moment to moment dialogue and how and directing are very good. Yeah. Yeah. E- even if the big picture stuff is a hot mess. Yes. Like the the scenes and the character interactions are extremely well made. Um and and that's kind of what generates the charm and the goodwill for me, I think of like I want I like I really want to love this anime. <laughs> no, yeah, like believe me, and like I'm giving it every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, like there is a world in which like or maybe there maybe there isn't. Actually, maybe <clears throat> I should just be realistic and say there isn't a world where this happens, but like I want to believe there is a world in which like like Horus Recoil could have been like my favorite anime of the season, you know, maybe even an anime of the year contender just because of these specific ingredients that yeah. it has brought to the table. Right. But in the ways in which it has, like, prepared those ingredients, it just... I don't know, man. It's like... It's like it's like you bought, like, a slab of Wagyu beef, and then, like... <laughs> I don't know. You, put, you put fucking made a Big it. Mac with it. Put ketchup and, like, on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that Big Mac would be delicious, because, you know, cheeseburgers still taste good. But you'd go... Man, you could have you could have done something <laughs> amazing with these ingredients. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um 
I, I will say that I did like episode seven. Um, it kind of, I, I, I like that they managed to pull off what I thought was a, a pretty good episode without relying on the action. Shooty shoot. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, they built up a lot of, I felt like they, they built up the tension mm-hmm. and then the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of, uh, I guess fake out after they realize that they were entirely wrong and how they read the situation. Right. You know, I, I felt that, like that was all set up, but it was still like tense because of, you know, what the, the, the final outcome was with. Right. And, and, and there's a feeling of like, again, it, it really speaks to just how masterful the character acting in this anime is like the, the ways in which characters move and emote it. Yeah. I would almost go as far as say it almost feels Tobino-esque in, like, <laughs> the ways in which this anime captures, like, human, like, bodily acting. Like, there's yes. a palpable tension in the air when, like, Chisato blows her cover <laughs> and just confronts, like, the guy, the, the Allen Institute guy immediately. And it's right. like... You know why she did it, because she's explained to you it is her dream to meet the man who mm-hmm. saved her life, right? Like, as much as we're all shouting at the screen, Chisato, you fucking idiot, get yeah, down. Right. <laughs> yeah. She can't help it because this is what she's built up her entire life towards, is meeting this person, this, as far as she's concerned, guardian angel, right? And there's that palpable tension of, oh, this is why you don't meet your heroes. Yeah. This is why you don't actually want to meet like, these people you've, like, constructed your entire, like, personality and goals around. Because, like, there, there's aspects of it that's, it's almost like, it's almost like, like, Chisato meeting the Allen Institute guy almost to me feels like an orphaned kid meeting their biological parent for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think that's kind of, like, the what they're, kind of what they're going for there, right? Yeah, like, and it's yeah. like, Chisato is, like, She's, like, brimming with excitement and, like, the absolutely, like, completely understated reaction that the Alan Institute guy gives her yeah. is that feeling of, like, and you can kind of start to see it with Jasato, right? Like, the whole, her whole, like, personality construct begins to dismantle over the course of that conversation when yeah. she realizes that this is not going remotely how she imagined it would go. Mm-hmm. And, like... There's that one shot where, like, Mika is, like, rubbing his eyes. Like, his glasses are raised up and his fingers are, like, pressed so deep into his eye sockets. And it's, like, everybody (laughs) who has ever felt that emotion knows exactly what what, what this man is going through, right? Like, and it's told entirely through physical character acting rather than dialogue. Exactly, Yep. yep. And it's, like, oh, man, if this show could do this... All the time, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, it does it a lot, but it's it's it it carries individual moments, but the individual moments are connected to this hot mess, the, of the a hottest mess overall pi- plot. Like, plot imaginable. Yeah. So, like the individual scenes are great. Like that, that was a great moment. But like, mm-hmm. what everything else is going on? Like, if we zoom out even a little bit, is like what is you know? But right, what's it? What it? What it is in service to? Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I still enjoyed the episode. You know, I I'll give them the shout out for incorporating adult gay men into their story with that's in a way that's not a joke and actually worked really well. I thought, uh, which you know, 
in a way, it was kind of bare minimum inclusion, perhaps, but also most other shows would not even do that much. So I was going to say incredibly rare for an anime in the anime. Um, And the kind of the way they they work that in with uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, We we keep calling the Allen Institute guy. They just call him Yoshi-san or something, right? Yes. Yes, Yoshimatsu or something. Yeah, I believe that is correct. Yes. Mr. Yoshi. Uh, But uh, yeah. I thought that was very well done, and I think I I felt that that helped, you know that was all kind of part of the way they they kept the tension up, like they're yeah. seen in the elevator, um, and yeah, I mean I it's it's a it's a another glimpse into like man the show could be so good <laughs> what well, the show could yeah. be yes like like and and, and, and here's the, it's it's that's that's a thing again is like I think that is what what like constantly like tugs at me is like. If, like, Chorus Recoil just decided to be, like, you know, high school-aged Black Lagoon, I would have been fine with that, too, right? Uh-huh. Like, set my expectations accordingly, and I would have been okay with that, right? Yeah. But because the show does hint at, like, its potential for greatness. Yes. You tease me with this greatness. I want to see the greatness. I know yeah. you can do it. And, yeah, we're just not quite there. I will say I do, like... I, I at least I hope they are going in the direction of you know Yoshi-san being the actual real main bad guy and Majima is going to be an afterthought by the time we're done with this. I feel like that's got to be how Which it goes. Which I right? think was they're, where they're going, and I like that a lot better because I hate Majima. So you know, yeah, if there, he gets, there, there is no he, world where Majima is the final villain of this show. Like, yeah, I, I see. I I feel like it's very likely he's just going to get smoked in the next episode, and then you know. <laughs> We move on to maybe two or the three more. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. we probably still got to get. You know, he. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, a Majima is is the type of useful villain that allows you to have the like physically exciting spectacle, mm-hmm. right? True. Like, yeah, he is useful in that sense, right? He is not useful towards the plot. He doesn't contribute anything to the narrative or really any of its themes. But when you just need like a dude for your heroes to shoot at in a cool manner, like. That's why you have a guy like that around. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess less hopeful. I'm less hopeful about sort of the other end of the bad guy collection here. Yeah, um, the you know I I still feel like they at the bare minimum they are saying that the like horse organization the DA itself is at the very least a uh, flawed organization sure. and whether or not they've been able to say that's outright bad or not i don't think they've gone that far but i do wonder what the, if they're going to go anywhere with that or if it's just going to be i think it's more likely it's you know mr yoshi or the allen institute was the real bad guys all along right or something like that right i just it does feel it would feel weird to me though that it for this show to end with the Lycoris as presently constituted shooting people in the streets still still functions that way. Dude, I've given up on that. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. No, I agree. I don't think they're going to change it. I just feel like that's one of the biggest glaring problems I have of where, like... The only I feel show... Like you've... Akudama Drive is the only show we've ever watched in the history of the Glorio blog that was brave enough to actually state that maybe the complete dismantlement... Of yeah. the police state is the only solution to the police state. Yeah, well, I I don't know if it's just going to be like they change something, but they still exist, or I don't know. But the the yeah, I I don't I agree. I don't think they're going to do anything about it. But I'm just saying they've said enough and implied enough 
Right. That something should change at the by the end. You would hope so. You would um, hope so. And I so don't... at least it's not going to be like a millionaire detective situation where the end result is, man, I saved the day because I actually shot my gun that one time. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they're already shooting <laughs> right. their guns in this case. <laughs> so yeah, it's too That's late true. to not shoot your gun in like chorus recoil. I feel, yeah, I feel like those are the two extremes: the Akudama Drive, which which does actually say no, we should dismantle the entire police state, and Millie yes, which was oh yes, I finally shot my gun. Now I'm a real man. cop. If only um, I had shot my gun that one time, yeah, God. I wouldn't be where I am today. <laughs> damn it. Oh man. I, I completely forgot about that, but you're right. That is uh, the, the other end of the spectrum here. So. so this is the halfway point, is it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, at the end of the day, I still really like watching this show. It's just like it, you know, we we criticize because we love, right? Like it's 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 the pieces. I, I, are all I've there, been so. back and forth about whether I should actually pick it up. Should I pick it up? Uh, I mean. I, I guess it's I don't know I mean I, I guess if you're not watching much else maybe <laughs> yeah I mean but... I'm literally you know other than picking up Kakagurui this week I've only been watching that and Call of the Night this season so like yeah I mean it's it's an impress I like it's impressive to watch even just from the technical side too like the 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 because like like you keep saying you know the animation and the the acting and the moment to moment dialogue. Uh, a lot of the little the little character animations. I think if everybody forgets everything else about the show, we're always going to remember the, the two main characters kicking each other in the OP, right? Like, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's like the that. part that everybody remembers. Yep. Like those those little bits of like unspoken, you know, nonverbal communication. Like it's just such a you know a well made show. I think as a fan of anime, I, even just like that part of it is enjoyable. But like if you're expecting, I don't know, any kind of meaning or substance out of it there we're not getting it <laughs> so I, I i think it's i would say watch the first episode <laughs> and that's going to tell you well <laughs> actually watch the first two episodes yeah. <laughs> right yeah the, the first episode is very promising this, and then after the second, then the episode, second episode takes you like, back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, okay, this is what the show is going to be more like. Because <laughs> yeah. the first, ep- we were hyped off the first episode. Dude, that first episode is damn. If, if, look, we we've been in this game for a long time, they and had it turns us. out you could you could still pull the wool over our eyes every now and then. <laughs> they, they they had they had us going. Uh, yeah. We said last time, me and you and me, G, we took the L's on that one. Yep, uh, we sure did. So. <laughs> I, I would still say watch the first two episodes and see if it's to your liking at that point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's get to backlog. Well, let's talk about some shows with real substance. <laughs> shows like because Thunderbolt they exist Fantasy. In three dimensions. Oh, yes. Yeah, they, oh, they yes. literally actually exist. Yeah. So I talked about last time I watched the second movie, and uh, since then I started season three. I only watched the first episode. I did not get to watch episode two yet. Okay. All right. So um, the boys yeah, are back we, at it again. Uh-huh. We're back. We're back in the saddle. Uh, I like the callbacks to bring in season one characters back in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you got. Uh, I can't remember any of their names, but the uh, Ken San Un. 
the the, the kid that's got the eye patch now. Yep, eye patch kid. Yep. Yes, he's we brought he's him back. in for for this mission <laughs> that he's probably not qualified for. Well, he, so here's the thing. Here's the reality of like season three, yeah. right? You got Shofu Khan, mm-hmm. who is basically invincible. Uh-huh. You have Rin Setsua, the... Also, also invincible. <laughs> basically invincible. Uh-huh. Right. You have the Bard, who is... Also invincible. <laughs> basically uh, okay, invincible. Yeah. A hair lower, baby, but... <laughs> a hair lower. Also the best okay, character. Well, I will say for Bard... Bard's Bard's martial prowess is probably at the same level as the other two, but maybe his emotional resilience is slightly lower. Okay, so yeah. So like, you know, that's his weakness. And so it's like, well, when you have if, a crew, if the other like, two, if the other two are like ten out of ten power level, he's like a nine point eight. Right. Yeah. He eight. is. Uh, you know. Yeah. So in a situation like that, it's like, well, we need our heroes to go through some struggle. How do we do that? I know. Introduce. <laughs> The freaking like Krillin or Yamcha <laughs> of the crew. I mean, that was kind of his role in season one too, right? Exactly. Like, so, you know, it's, bring it's, him back. I don't think it's ever going to change either. Yeah. Yeah. But if um, they did, if they did ten seasons, he would still be. I that mean, kid. look. The reality is, like Krillin is arguably one of the strongest individuals in Dragon Ball. His problem is being best friends with Goku, right. a guy who exists on an entirely different spectrum, and that's Ken Sanun's greatest issue. He's probably strong. He's actually probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, but... he'll mop the floor with the uh, minions, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's not. So... He's not. He's not Shofu Khan good. Yeah. But yeah, we got that. We got the demon lady being the doesn't big the bad. first episode literally end with him being choked out by K guy, K guy, yeah, or something like that. It's like, yeah. oh my goodness. Also, yeah, she's yeah. back too. Yep. And I was trying to figure out. You guys said who the cool new character was going to be, or but the the guy that you said was really cool in the last episode. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And they've only introduced like two notable new characters so i don't know if it's the guy with the mask but that's the only other it's it's the guy with the mask <laughs> okay yeah because like yeah i get you you see i'm like all right that, that guy seems all right whatever but uh <laughs> yeah we'll see um yeah because it was him and his like i don't know Sniffling if it's a subordinate or the, or whatever, like. yeah uh, I think technically they're all they're i mean those two yeah. along with um centipede lady from season two yeah are all like similar ranks in theory similar rank right they're the four devil you know the four elites or in this case like 10 elites or whatever yes. right but uh, right but obviously there's going to be power level disparity amongst them <laughs> yeah I mean, you, you know doesn't, doesn't the design movie... you have the dude who's like a warrior and then the dude who's more like subterfuge yeah yeah i mean doesn't the second movie literally end with them being like ah centipede lady she was the weakest of us or something yeah, yeah. Classic. Totally. Classic. Classic. Um Yeah. No, it's hey, uh, hey, it's it's more Thunderbolt fantasy and I am strapped yeah, in is. I'm strapped in for more, so great, uh, you know, great. I, I will I will say something like ever so slightly controversial. I liked season two more. I think that's yeah. fair. But, I, I think... but it's still really it's still Thunderbolt fantasy. Yeah. 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 I think season three, if there's anything I would throw at it, it's maybe that, like, I mean, it's, I, you know, it's just for better or worse, it's becoming familiar, right? Yeah. Right. Like, you now know these characters, you know what they're capable of, like, they right. really have to, like, go through, go, go through great pains to be like, why would Shofu Khan struggle in a given situation? 
right, right. When he can make a man's torso explode. Yeah, it's really. I yeah, the series is really <laughs> up against itself in that regard. And, yeah, uh, they find yeah, some you, ways. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they haven't totally painted themselves into the corner yet, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, not too much more to say at this point because I only watched one episode, but I will be fitting that in where I can here. So okay. All right, and then finally oh we have Oof-a-doofa. the uh, the, the non Gundam of <laughs> non Gundam Tomino Power Hour featuring. Right. Uh, yes, we have our. Uh... Well, you want to just take them one at a time here. The uh, Tomino yes. Avalanche is here. Yeah. So, so we want to make got... clear that like. For everybody listening, if we are not giving our usual Legend of the Glorio Heroes level of treatment to these shows, it is because every podcast we are trying to discuss 12 episodes of anime <laughs> in about yeah. the span of as many minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so forgive us if we sometimes gloss over details. But yeah, yeah. so we are talking about Combat Mecha Zabungle, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, continues to, to be... That show, I don't know what it's else to say. Sort of it is a slapsticky, they, yeah, goofy. Mac they got the Zabungle. They got the Zabungle. Uh-huh. Right? Yes, um, you know they are. Giron is still trying to get revenge on the cowboy Temp Sharon who killed his parents. Even though it's now been like probably two weeks at this point, uh-huh. but uh, he's still gonna try. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I guess you know it's the thing is like you know these are fifty episode or close to fifty episode anime, so we are now settling into that phase of a 50 episode anime right. um so are, are you about like uh what six episodes in we have watched eight Seven episodes eight. of okay. the three they've, shows they've here. settled into their big carrier ship that it will move across the desert and carry the entire crew on it you know yes uh, so you're probably you're probably starting to get more like episodic type content right like yeah there, ten- yeah, there tends to be I mean, like a villain shows up and is the villain for right. for let's say two to four episodes, and then we get at somebody else. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, in terms of the content of these episodes specifically, it's it's definitely kind of just settling into its routine. You know, the idea is that Tim Sharon, this uh, this cowboy bandito type, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly has his own agenda and so has taken to sort of just manipulating various near-do-wells in the desert wastelands of Zabungle to mm-hmm. oppose Giron and the Iron Gear for various reasons, right? Yes. Like, it's, you know, it, he has an unstated agenda. Uh, he is serving a a class of people in this world known as the Innocents, who are... Uh, they have not been shown yet, but it, you were definitely getting that vibe of like, oh, these are your like post-apocalyptic like uh, uh, um, authority holders, Overlords, right? Over, yeah. Lords it's been noted of the land. That they have they have designed and made the like better mechs, right? They have access to technology that the rest of the world does not have. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that kind of vibe. Um, and even up till the episodes we've watched, you know, they make it very clear, despite this being a planet of, like, the most, like, abominable scumbags aman- imaginable, everybody pays deference to the innocents. Right. I believe it earlier on, like, people camp out, like, while they're trying to steal those a bungle, they camp near in some innocent domes. They're, yes. like, biodomes, and everyone's like, well, we can't shoot 
them now because we might hit the innocent domes and nobody wants to bring that down on us. Right, exactly. So there is definitely already the construction of a grander meta plot to Zabungle. But for the most part, it's just these fuck-ups running around getting into hijinks, you know? Mm-hmm. We have an episode with uh, some very uh, 1980s insensitive Native American caricatures. Hmm. Uh, as, as, you do, as you do back in 1983 or so. Yeah. Uh, you know, as was the style of the time. <laughs> you gotta put that Disney content warning at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. kinda. That's it's kinda, clear. it's, it doesn't... There's not even a, like, sort of okay, like, ah, you know, we all come from different walks of life message. It's no, like, no, just it, gun down those just red kill men. them. Like, yeah, like, kill those red men where they stand. It doesn't matter. Men, women, children. They all yeah. have to die. And it's like, okay, 1982 <laughs> anime, if you say so. Uh, again, the show plays it for laughs. It is a comedy. You know, this is, a, this is not a show with much of substance to say, but... You know, yeah. hey, mm-hmm. it's a show the, from that time period. The hardest I laughed in these last few episodes is they stopped at a town to do trading, and, you know, Tim Sharon is secretly instigating fights or whatever, and so a fight happens, and all these townspeople are coming out to be like, what's going on? And there's just one dude who comes out naked with, like, shampoo in his hair or whatever, and yeah. says, what's going on, while he's shooting his gun in the air. Yes. It is It <laughs> is like, literally the single... It, it is the single most Imaishi bit I have ever seen from a show that was not personally directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi. <laughs> See where and I got it from. Now, yes, and now, like, Imaishi saying that Zabungle is his favorite mecha anime <laughs> makes a lot more sense. <laughs> That's pretty Because it's like literally, like he doesn't quite tween on screen, but he is just a stationary still with a flapping mouth while it's just a loop of him blasting his pistol into the air. While just saying, right. what's and going like, on? And I've, de- I've definitely seen this in a trigger show at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the kind of thing like, oh, are you sure this wasn't like a guy from that episode of BNA where they play baseball or something? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, no, that show, that show continues to be um, very entertaining, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's not, it's not exactly like, you know, it's not, it's not blown the doors off its hinges, but Mm -hmm. like, it is like a really fun anime, you know, I mean, I guess rare mecha comedy. So true. Right. And, um, how about uh, Dunbine? Dunbine. Dunbine. Uh, Dunbine is beginning to get, well, interesting and also, I would well, say metatextually interesting. Metacontextually interesting, yes. Um, Dunbine, so far, is the story of failure. Um, right. Eight episodes in, and the protagonists have just failed at every single thing they've tried to do. Yes. They have failed every single goal they have set out to achieve. <laughs> like, every single one. Every episode is about the protagonists of Dunbine formulating a plan... And then failing to execute it for various reasons. I feel like I feel like I could almost see the interview view with Tomino saying, "I want to make a mecha anime about everyone failing." But that's kind of what it feels right. like, at least right it's now. It's really fun. So like you get a whole episode where Neil Given, a captain of this ship that they're on, like goes out and tries to do his mission, and he does the whole episode trying to do this mission, and like fails at his mission. And then the next episode preview is basically like. Shozama goes and tries to do it himself. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so basically, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about, like, episode six as well, okay, but, yeah. uh, you know, since Eero has brought up episode seven and eight, uh, we can do Sorry. that now. Um, so, Neil Given, who is the sort of, like, deposed prince uh, from the good guy fantasy nation, mm-hmm. is trying to rescue Princess Elmily, who is the classic, like, fair maiden daughter of the evil lord, right? Who opposes her father's, dis- you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, dark you know plans, disastrous the, plans, yeah. dark plans, right? And so she has been imprisoned, kept under house arrest, under lock and key, under armed guard, day and night, right? But she loves Neil Given, and Neil Given loves her back, right? It's 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 a classic star-crossed lovers fantasy nation, fantasy story sort of thing, right? So Neil hatches this elaborate plan to, like, dress up as, like, a smelly, like... New recruit type. A, yeah, a, a smelly, like, kind of, like... You know, uh, I guess rural bumpkin, right. like new recruit soldier to infiltrate the ranks of 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 uh, Drake Luft, who is the evil lord. You know, you know, you know, he does the very like unassuming Charlie Chaplin sort of like you know, uh, you know, just uh, incompetent you know near do well type, right? And this actually allows him to basically get within spinning distance of rescuing Elmily, but. You know, for various happenstance reasons. And and that is maybe the thing that is interesting about Dunbine, is that the characters often fail for reasons both in and out of their control. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And, yeah. you know, an aspect of this is that this whole time show is, like, deeply resentful of Neil because Shozama, our protagonist, is attracted to Marvel Frozen. Uh, a a you know a hotshot lady pilot who also got isekai'd from Earth, but wait, her name she... is Marvel Frozen. Yes, yes. I, I I don't know why I'm surprised, but just, no, it, okay. it's Tomino, man. And, <laughs> but so Marvel Frozen. So you know, it's a classic relationship triangle. Marvel is attracted to Neil, but Neil's attracted to Emily, and Show is attracted to Marvel. Right. Right. So. Uh-huh. You know, relationship problems, right? And so, you know, this whole time shows like, why are we even doing this for Neil? Like, why are you doing this for Neil? Like, this is stupid. This is a waste of our time. Right. Long story short, Neil fails to rescue Elmily and has to, is forced to run away. And Iro described it, but like, I really need to <clears throat> emphasize how much the vibe of episode eight is basically show just saying, man, sucks to be you, Neil Given, but I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like like show explicitly calls out Neil's failure to rescue Elmily because he went off cocksure by himself. Shozama literally does the exact same thing next episode where he goes off by himself to do the exact same plan. And just expects it'll go differently because he's just cooler than Neil. And <laughs> once again, spoilers, it fails. Yep. Okay. So that's actually pretty good. I actually kind of like that, but because I, I feel like the obvious route is he does better, you know, if, but he does better at okay, but yeah, also he sure. had a giant robot, yeah. which, <laughs> as we've established many times, most things are better when you have a giant robot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, it's just the show is a strange like story of these characters constantly failing to achieve their goals, and I find that interesting, but also like. I kind of need these characters to get a win soon because yeah, you can't keep doing that for fifty episodes. You have yeah, to right, get somewhere. Like I, like I get that the story is about how it's like look, it's like a group of like six people leading a guerrilla rebellion against mm. an entire you know fantasy nation. Like you can only do so much with like six people, but right. 
I kind of need them to get a couple of wins soon. But uh, yeah, even if it's like they might take the loss, but they win in a way that they weren't expecting or something, right? right like exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah, like you, you have to have um, something. Otherwise, it's what is the point of the show? Right. I would say yeah. they have like one individual battles as they're doing their these things, but their broader objectives have always messed messed up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to episode six. Which uh, is right. um, King Kiss gets attacked by a giant bird. No, no, that's episode five. Episode, oh my god. King, King oh, Kiss no, getting attacked by given. a giant bird oh my god. is honestly not even worth you're mentioning. Right, right. It's just an episode where a girl gets attacked by a giant bird. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Episode six is uh, where uh, we are. Neil, uh, Neil Gibbon is trying to get in contact with Roman Gibbon, his father of the deposed fantasy nation, right? Mm-hmm. And Roman um, Gibbon has like Roman wagons Gibbon, of supplies for them. Right, to help rearm uh, Dunbine in the fight against uh, Drake Luft. This this is one of those primo Tomino episodes that feels really manic because it has both one of the funniest, like, comedic bits in this entire show. And then also is a classic Tomino show of sometimes people just die because of coincidence and happenstance. And, like, life is fucking cheap in Tomino anime. Mm -hmm. Uh... There's a great bit where, like, uh, they have this little fairy, like, just, just little, a fairy, little fairy yeah. lady, like a Tinkerbell type. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Cham Fao. And uh, they need to send her out to go, like, go, get in contact, right? Uh-huh. And she's, like, doing this whole, like, spirits of the forest answer my call kind of, like, you in- know. Invocation, right? Invocation. But she gets interrupted halfway through because she flies directly into the glass canopy <laughs> of the ship they're in, like a bird that doesn't understand what glass is. Ugh. And it's just a one-off bit. That's all there is to it. It's not like right. meant to like contribute to the story or anything. It's just like, ha, look at this dumb fairy. She doesn't know what glass is. Bonk. Um, and then in that same episode, Todd Guinness, the American uh, isekai pilot... Uh, fights Shozama in an intense, like, aerial mecha fight where uh, both Todd and Sho um, shatter the, the, they, they break the windshields. The, yeah, they break the, like, canopies on each other's mechs so they, can, uh, they have to reuse right. the cameras, which are Right, res. so they can't see out of their mech, right? And this whole time, like, Roman Given has been captured by the baddies and is, like, being held hostage by this other, like, lady knight who's explicitly trying to take this man hostage because taking political hostages tends to be a good idea. Uh, and she shouts to, her, to Todd Guinness, who's allied with her, like, hold your fire, I have a hostage. And Todd Guinness's response is, I can't see out of my mech, I'm literally flying blind, I know what I'll do, I'll just f- fire blindly in front of me. Mm. And... I hope my allies will be agile enough to dodge my shots. It's the American way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoilers, Roman Given dies by the end of this episode. <laughs> oh my god. It's it's manic as hell. Huh. But none of this is as manic <laughs> as heavy metal Elgon. Oh, Alright, yeah, this is the one I this is the one I want to hear about. <laughs> okay. I will try to go through this somewhat quickly so we can focus on the best parts. Uh, episode 5, Daba Myrode and the crew need to capture a, sh- a a ship so that they can get into space. So that they can go to planet Mizun, where they hear uh, that there is a, a rebellion against That's where you know, Commander the evil went. 
empire, and that is where Amandra Commander lives. Yeah, he went there uh, to for, for fight the rebellion. Yes. For reference, Amandra Commander is the man that uh, Daba Myrod is essentially trying to return a lost credit card. Yes, to. I do remember that. Um, Gablet Gablet, the coming man, shoots yes. three dogs and joins the military. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. I-, I will not elaborate <sighs> further. That's all we need to know. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, they hijack the ship, but um, one Gaha Lessi is on board. One, one of she the great one, 13. No, one of the elite 13 who are considered, like, you know, um, the emperor's, like, elite commandos. Uh, and so she's determined to take back the ship from, from Daba and the crew. So episode six is mostly them fighting on board the hijacked ship. Right, the like constant um, back and forth of we've captured Gaalesi and her other this other dude, and we threw them in the brig or whatever, and then they break out of the brig and get one up on Daba Myrod and crew, and then screw up somehow and get thrown back into the brig. Yes, so it, it is like this almost like fucking Three Stooges bit of they're, they're just constantly hijacking and re-hijacking this ship over the course of the whole episode. Um, and this is where I now need to elaborate on why I believe Daba Myrod embodies the Sigma grind set. Because <laughs> over the course of these repeated hijackings, Gaha Lessi just can't help but notice uh-huh. Daba Myrod's raw animal magnetism. Oh, God. Even though they're... Even though they're you know, fierce enemies trying to, you know, mm-hmm. take over this ship from the other. Gahalesi is still a woman. And oh, God. just can't help <laughs> but be enamored by uh. this paragon of masculinity, Daba Myrod. It's also because he's conscientious and says thank you and stuff when she helps them hack the computer. Under oh, gun, so, under so he's, he's an... He, He's a monster on the battlefield, but then is a shows basic human decency uh-huh. when he's yes, exactly. she's like, "Wow, as long the, as I've been in the military, no one's ever said thank you to me." And it is the funniest thing in the world. It's just it's that ridiculous. Like these women just randomly fall in love with Daba Myrod through because no he's an effort 80s of his protagonist. own. He's not even trying. And the thing that makes this really great, Daba Myrod doesn't care. <laughs> like <laughs> of these course. women are throwing themselves on him. And he's just like, get away from me, woman. I need to do. I need to do maintenance on my mech. Yeah, it's it's great. Which makes it's, them, which makes them want him even more. Yeah, it makes. Dalma Road is launched in the Elgheim to fight off Gavlik Ablay, and they're yes. they're clashing the in midair, game. their sabers. And Gahalesi has reclaimed control of the ship at this point, and has the yes. guns trained on, on the Elgheim, and she's like, do I? shoot him but he was so nice and we get this whole mind oh, scene no. where she's like oh Daba Myrod you're so you're so cool it is, oh wait it she is starts the, fantasizing about him when she's gonna shoot him yeah straight yes. up and it is it is the most like schlocky 80s like oh I'm a soldier, uh-huh. but I'm also and a then, woman. Like, she sees like, the some, some real classic 80s action movie sexism. Yeah, so type like, she's like, the yeah. specter of Gavla Gable seen like, I knew you couldn't shoot. Or the specter of her like commander being like, no, you must shoot. It's your duty. <laughs> it's a soldier. And to her credit, she the pushes the button. Conflicting with the hot version of the main character. Uh-huh. Uh, she try- she pushes the button. She tries to shoot down Dabo Road. And she fucking misses. But misses. 
So this is the important she thing. This is intentions. Yes, we're to shoot Daba. But apparently she's not that great of a shot and hits and hits Gavel instead. Uh, um, and Dalmaro's like, damn, they helped me out. Man, maybe Gahalisi's not so bad after all. <laughs> uh, wow. And God, Gavlin Gavlin just continues to be the fucking funniest character in this show. Uh, because they are fighting, and Gavlet Gavle briefly thinks that he has shot and killed uh, Daba Myrod. Mm-hmm. D- and he, like, poses to himself in the cockpit. He's like, <laughs> I'll tell the world you died beautifully, Daba Myrod. And it's just like, it is the most, like, Klim Nick, I'm a genius, oh no situation. <laughs> Because he's like, I'll tell the world you died beautifully, Daba. And then Daba's like, fuck you, dickhead, I'm still alive. Uh, he's just this, like, yeah, self-important fop. Right. Who gets owned every episode and keeps coming and back. And the show knows it. Gee, you did that voice a little too well. <laughs> Look, yeah. man, it's, it's, it comes naturally, uh-huh, for better uh-huh. or worse. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, they, they finally land on Mizun and meet up with the rebels and the rebels are like well we know where to find Amanda Commandra we'll take you to Amanda Commandra uh and so they take them to Amanda Commandra uh after <laughs> we get a wacky slapstick cut in where Gavagable has to pick up Gahalisi from her stranded ship and he comes in a gyrocopter basically <laughs> Picks her up by just ramming the like skis into her and dragging her up into the sky. Then to teach her a lesson or something, drops her from midair, then <laughs> right. flies down to catch her again. There's just a real manic energy to Elgar. And after this, like <laughs> it's yeah. And after this wacky scene. It, it... Yes, we, like, it's actually a lot more slapstick than I think either Eero or I yeah, expected from definitely. this show. Like, it's not quite Zabungle levels of comedy, mm-hmm. but it is definitely a much lighter-toned show that I maybe would have imagined based on its reputation, you know, mm-hmm. being a show that Nagano of Zeta and Five Star Stories fame worked on. But anyways, this episode culminates in Daba Myrod finally makes it to a Mandra Commandra's, like, uh, his, like, airship. Uh, where he's invited them to, you know, find dine with him, you know, as a reward for making the effort to return his his cash card. Daba returns the cash card, and then for all the trouble of returning this cash card has caused him, immediately just punches a Mandra Commander in the face. <laughs> right. Run, okay, runs sure. across the whole room to punch this man in the face. Yes, by the way, he is at the end of a super long, luxurious, like, banquet table. So Dob has to run all the way down the table <laughs> to punch him in the face. Sure. And then, this is the part where, I don't know, maybe the show is actually slapstick. Amandra falls over and drags the tablecloth with him, which causes a plate of spaghetti to fall on his head. Right, and then just stone-faced, he's like, I like you, Dob, my road. You've got guts. <laughs> You've got guts. Uh, we, we also and- found the... Nuclear ruins of the indigenous people of this planet. <laughs> Who were genocided by the God Emperor. Just straight up. In the same episode. Like, 
In the same episode where we have described all of these things, Daba Myrod is also looking at these nuked skeletal corpses of civilians who were, like, put to the sword by the evil god emperor of this world. And it's just like... Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Blight's, dog, that's Elgheim! <laughs> Light slapstick comedy, huh? Um, it's... It's wild. But, but I mean, I'm assuming in-universe it's 110% deadly serious. Oh, that part is serious. Uh, of course. Yes. 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 Yeah. But it's just like... The way this show just veers all over the place, but in like a good, chaotic way, is... It might very well be my favorite of the three <laughs> at this point. It's... Yeah. yeah. It's wild. I, I, again, I mean, that's the one that sounds the most fun to me, personally. Yeah. But, uh... I, Ira, what is your what is your favorite out of these three so far? I, I have already seen Zabungle, and um, right, right, right. I would say I had wanted to watch Dunbine for a long time, but that also meant I knew what I was getting into with Dunbine, and so the my complete inability to see what Elgheim is going to do from from episode to episode means like I. <laughs> I'm it makes it exciting good. at yes, least, right? It's exciting. <laughs> it's, we are we are left speechless, yes. like quite literally. Like there yeah. are episodes of Elgon we watch where Iro and I are just like, I don't, I don't even what, know what to say to this. What just like, happened? <laughs> right. Uh, it, it takes a lot for a show to do that to us, and <laughs> Elgon is bringing it in spades. Indeed. Yeah. That's, All right. That's our backlog. Well, that's the backlog, and. That's uh, it for this episode. Uh-huh. So we'll we'll loop back around to that. I have a feeling uh, the other new show that came out since we last episode was uh, Futo PI, which we have not talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, we should. Yep. When, yep. Yep. Uh, when Zagarok yeah, is, who we has were, watched Kamen Rider Double, <laughs> is on, I think we'll talk about it. Yeah, we're probably going to do that next time. Although, Artemis, if you have any quick hot takes uh, before we wrap up here... Uh, <laughs> As, as someone who there had no a, context previously, right? Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have any background whatsoever. I've never watched a single episode of *Carmen Rider* in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that said. It was an easy watch. Like I don't think it would be difficult for someone to pick it up and go, "Oh, okay." Like, got it. Especially episode one. Like maybe the the further episodes along are a bit more in depth, and people might get confused. But I I wasn't like, huh, at any point. Right. Common Rider right. is still for children, and therefore is fairly simplistic. And yet, but this is manga sequels, not for children. <laughs> and yet, boobs. Yes. Wow, like really? Every, okay. Like there's, yeah. I, my frustration. I guess I wouldn't have expected that from yeah from Toku, but yeah, my frustration isn't with that. this specific anime. It's with anime in general. But I'm using this anime mm. as a good example oh, of yeah. the fact that people seem unable to present a woman sexually without the boobs. Like, <laughs> like there is more to us to being uh-huh. a sexual seductive personality than just the knockers you know like mm-hmm. yeah I, I, yes. it's yeah, not a street it's fighter not, has shown <laughs> us feet also play a big oh role it's well. not that i'm like a, averse to kind of even fan service in general or like that i'm somehow being prudish because i've seen quite a lot in my no, time i get you right really of like it's it's it's, it's a, just it's, so it's a very... unimaginative. Like, right. there yeah. are I mean, other like... ways to portray this. Sure. I mean, like, as Jell can attest in uh, Call of the Night, <laughs> right? Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm half joking, but I'm also not, right? Of, like, say what you will about, like, the weird emphasis on that girl's midriff. 
Yes. It is a different They are approaching approach, it from different right, angles. To sexuality. In Literally different angles. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But just like, because think how how cool it could have been because this is kind of an american style like detective thing right like yeah, and he's, he's the, the quote unquote hard boiled he thinks how he's cool hard boiled have been right how cool would it have been to have his counterpart the femme fatale like old like really old school classic detective femme fatale but no they have to have because she's such a seductive uh-huh. like sexualized woman you know, who, who pulls men in, like, they don't make her do that with her dialogue, they don't make her do that with her feminine wiles, her clever, like, witty, you know what no, I mean? None of that, it just boobs. Like sock and tight She's pants. just wearing, yeah. <laughs> 40 years later and Fujiko Mine still has not been topped, huh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I so I was just I was just disappointed by the lack of creativity and imagination mm. with, with regards to that, that's all, that's all I'll say about that. Right. Yeah. All right, yeah, we'll we'll get the 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 perspective of the with the the actual common writer context. The token council will convene. We will assemble. I've asked a non-Gloria person what they thought of it, who has seen common writer double, and they said it felt like more common writer double, but but very like common writer double, but for the adults, for grown-ups. Ah, Garo. (laughs) Yeah, great. Okay, well. That'll do it then for this episode. Housekeeping. Check us out at theglorialblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theglorialblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher. And, of course, you can check us out on YouTube where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, leave us that five-star review, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. <laughs>